I want to share with you about how to hear the voice of God. You know, I mean, there is a progression that God has in our spiritual walk and our spiritual life. And, uh, you know, and I believe that uh, God speaks to us. God wants us to hear one of the main differences between us today and uh, the people of the Old Testament is this, is that we no longer have to look to someone to hear from God for us. How many of you realize that? I have a role and a function in your life as your pastor. And yes, it is to teach. It's to really to lead and to guide the church. It's to feed you the word of God. It is to watch over you. The Bible says that that is one of my responsibilities is to watch over and to pray for the flock that the Lord has entrusted to me. And yes, there are times that the Lord can use me to speak into your life. But you know, I shouldn't be the one who leads your life. And I'm going to show you this in scripture here in a few minutes. It doesn't mean that there's not a form or a function, but God has another, uh, really has a better way, if you will. Because truly, my role is this, is that I should be the one to confirm what God has already said to you. I shouldn't be the one saying, hey, here's what you should do, and this is A, B, C, and D. Is that we as believers can now all hear from God ourselves. And so last week we talked about being equipped with power through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and I won't get into all of it. You can go back and listen to it. But there is an, an empowering that comes when the Holy Spirit comes into our life. And we are to not live life just the best that we can. Well, I'm just trying to make it till I get to heaven. I don't think that's the salvation that Jesus died for us to have. The Bible says that he came so that what we could be more than conquerors. We could live a victorious life. Well, it's going to be hard to be victorious if you're not using all the weapons in your arsenal. Why? Because God has put his spirit, the Holy Spirit, on the inside of us. In Romans chapter 8, you can turn over there with me. I'm going to quote quite a few scriptures today. We won't read all of them uh, necessarily. I won't tell you where all of them. I'll tell you where they are, but we won't stop and read every one of them. But here in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 11, he says, The Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. If you're saved, the Spirit of God lives in you right now. It says, And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. So this is the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week. That at salvation you received the Holy Spirit. But the Bible's pretty clear that there is even a second experience, if you will, to salvation. Which is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we see here that even it says that through this relationship that power can come into our life. to Even to the point of quickening or strengthening even our physical bodies. I don't know about you, but I know that there have been many times for me that I've had to pray and say, Lord, I'm tired and I need some strength. <laughs> and I've had to ask the Lord to help me. Well, this Bible is, or that verse is why I say that. Because it says that, hey, that God would quicken the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead would what? Would strengthen even my physical body. Now, that goes into lots of areas. That could go into healing. That can go into, you know, even mental faculties. It can go into a lot of areas, you know, of our life. But it goes on here in verse 12, and it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have, you have no obligation to do whatever your sinful nature urges you to do. Now, for the sake of conversation and what we're going to be talking about, let me just establish a truth so that we're all on the same page. You are a three-part being right now. Right? You are a spirit. 
That's the eternal forever part of you. It's the most God-like part of you. It is the saved part of you right now. Fully saved. You're as saved as you will ever get in your spirit, man. When you get to heaven, you don't get an upgraded spirit. You already have an upgraded spirit. Right now. Now you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your desires, your passions. That's the so saved part of you. You're like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible talks about we have to renew our mind. In other words, we have to learn to think in agreement with God's word. We are in the process of being saved. But we also have a flesh, which is nothing more than a little spoiled kid. I want what I want, and I want it now. It's the not saved part of you and of me. Because it just wants what I want when I want it. It's selfish by nature, and it's the flesh. And that's why Paul said we have to crucify the flesh. We have to crucify them. Didn't say Jesus did it. We have to crucify our own flesh. So when we act a fool, we have to what? Ask the Holy Spirit to help us to crucify that flesh. And here he says, and here's the good news. We have the Spirit on the inside of us. And it says that we have no obligation to do what our sinful fleshly nature urges us to do. For if you live by its dictates, the flesh... It will produce death. He says, you will die. Not even, you know, Yes, this could mean in a physical sense, but it also means in a spiritual sense. If you live a life dominated by your flesh, it will not produce the life of God that He desires in you. Your flesh will produce the work of the enemy in your life and ultimately will rob you of the life of God. It will. It will keep you from experiencing all that God has for you. But it says you're under no obligation to your flesh. Just because you want to get mad doesn't mean you have to. Just because you want to share your thoughts or your opinions doesn't mean that you have to. Just because I may have thoughts that come that are heavy doesn't mean that I have to choose to give in to that and allow oppression to set in my life. I can live beyond that. And you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, I can tell you firsthand as someone who has dealt with depression, I have overcome Not by myself, by the power of God, through the help of the Holy Spirit, by the renewing of my mind. The power of God is present for what? So that I can live according to my spirit and not according to my flesh. Not based off my emotions, not based off of my feelings, not based off of my experience. I can live based off of the Holy Spirit's guidance in my life. And so can you. I have a power, you have a power. I'm no longer under any obligation to do anything sinful that my flesh decides I want to do. My spirit, man, has the ability to make those decisions. He goes on in verse 13, second part. He says, if you live or through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. In verse 14, and this is so he says, look, you have a choice. You're either going to live according to your flesh or you're going to live according to your spirit. But verse 14 is very important. He says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led, not forced, not pushed, not coerced, not made. Those who are led, that's a choice. You know, Jesus gives us the instruction and really was about the Holy Spirit. He said, look, it's better if I leave. John 16. 
He says, why? Because the Holy Spirit will come and He will be your teacher, your guide, your advocate. Your He's going to be the one who comes beside you to help you. He ain't going to make you do anything. But He will lead you. He will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into all godliness. He will lead you in the way that we are to live to be victorious. And Jesus said it's going to be better if He was to leave. Because then the Spirit would come. And yet it says here is that we are to be led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is to now lead us and guide us. Well, how can we be led by somebody if we can't hear? You know, you have natural ears. These, these things right here. You got little eardrums. They're functioning right now. That's how you hear the sound of my voice. But you know, there's also spiritual ears. That's your spirit man. That's why Jesus, speaking to the churches in Revelations, would make statements like this. He who has ears, let him hear. Everybody had physical ears. He wasn't talking about physical ears. He was talking about spiritual ears. If you want to hear the voice of God, listen up. If you desire to hear from God, listen to what the Lord is saying. Why, and why does this matter? Because if you can be led by the Holy Spirit, you can overcome every temptation and every trial in your life. Now, I know that's a huge statement. I'm just telling you what Scripture reads. It says here in verse 13, If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of sinful nature, you will live. That word live there is talking about abundant life. Not kind of sort of save life. No, like Jesus kind of life. Abundant life. Through the power of the Spirit. See, you can't live an abundant life without the power of the Spirit. It doesn't work like that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's the one who equips us and enables us to actually live out that kind of life. We can't do it on our own. But we have to learn and recognize when God is speaking to us. Because many times, and, and look, and let me just kind of... Make this easy for you. How are you going to learn? Through trial and error. <laughs> I thought that was the Lord and it wasn't. That's okay. You just learned. And then sometimes you're going to be, you, you may even have a moment where you're like, I think this is the Lord, but I'm not sure. And you're going to take a step and you're going to go, that was the Lord. Great. You learned. So you shouldn't, let me say it this way. You shouldn't get too discouraged by when you miss it. And don't get too overly encouraged when you get it. Just say, I'm learning. And I'm going to learn how to walk with the Lord. And I'm going to give you several practical things this morning to help you know when God is speaking to you. It's not hard and it's not difficult because He is speaking. Jesus made the statement in John uh, 10, 27. He says, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. Now, of course, throughout Scripture, many times we see the examples of shepherds. Now, some of you may know this, some of you may not. But if you've ever watched, you know, two shepherds of two flocks, they don't have to go around and beat their sheep to make them come and follow them. They can take two massive herds, if you will, of sheep, and the shepherds can go talk, and the sheep will totally surround them. Just It looks like one big flock. But when one shepherd goes one way and one goes the other, they will separate. You know, I, I, my, one of my grandfathers that I really spent a lot of time with growing up, he raised cattle. 
He was, I mean, he did it, at, I guess, as he, when he was retired, he'd go get two cows and then build a herd and get fed up with them and sell them. That was just, I don't know, that's just what he did in retirement. That's what he wanted to do. But I remember as a kid that he would go out and feed these cows. And he would drive up and he would start hollering, Woo, cow! Woo, cow! He'd go, and you could watch these cows come running. Why? Because they knew it was dinner time. They knew the shepherd had showed up and it was time to eat. Now here's something even kind of even crazier about this. My grandfather also had a pond that he had stocked with catfish. And I remember as a kid, he would tell me to be quiet and go sit down there. He had this ring where he would throw food into. And when he started yelling, woo cow, those fish would come to that ring and start hitting the water. Because they knew the cows are getting fed, we're going to get fed. I'm telling you, this actually happened. If you told me, I would not tell you I believe. I saw this with my own eyes. Craziest thing. Why? Because they wrecked. Now, I could run down there and be like, whoa, cow, whoa, cow. Ain't nobody coming. I could scream all day long. Why? Because they didn't recognize my voice. They knew his voice. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. John 10, 5 says, he goes on, or he adds to this, and he says, look, the voice of a stranger, they would not follow. Well, how are, you know, and here's the thing, how are you going to learn how to hear the voice of God? It's just through trial and error. One of the things that I'm convinced of is that most people never learn the voice of God because they are so afraid of missing God. That they're never willing to even try. And so out of fear, like they're afraid, like if I miss God, it's, it, he's like heaven's going to fall apart. God is big enough. And here's the good news. He's gracious with us. He's not going to beat us over the head. He's not going to yell at us. He's not going to abuse us in any way. He realizes that we're learning. You see, it's important. Why? Because... Romans there told us that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. In other words, this should be one of the hallmarks of us as believers. People ought to recognize they hear from God. I didn't, I'm struggling with something. People ought to come up to you and say, hey, could you pray for me? I know you're a godly person and God speaks to you. Okay. That ought to be who we are. It doesn't mean that, look, I mean, I'm as human as anybody else. There's situations I face right now that I'm like, I don't know what to do. Well, I've got to go and pray and ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need you to give me some wisdom. I mean, when I took over the, as being the pastor of this church, I'd never pastored a church before. There were, I mean, I'd been in ministry, I'd been involved in a lot of things, but there were a lot of new things that I had never, I mean, like I'll just tell you practically an example of this. With the finances of our church, I've never had to read certain types of reports. Well, there's not a whole lot of information out there for me to go read. You know what I went and did? I went and sat down and I started praying. I laid them all out. I said, Holy Spirit, you're going to teach me how to read these reports so I know what the heck's what. For two days. And I didn't leave until I knew how to read it. Where I could explain it, not just read it. You're like, well, that seems strange. 
It worked. And I can tell you this, financially, we're better off today because of it. Why? Because I made a priority of, Holy Spirit, you're going to help me. I don't know how to figure some of this stuff out. And there were adjustments that we had to make and some things we revamped and all kinds of things. We're better off today because of it. Why? Because I made a priority of, God, you're going to speak to me. And that's something natural. God will do the same thing for you. I mean, I've had the Lord speak to me about all kinds of natural things. I've had him speak to me about all kinds of spiritual things too. And we're going to look at these things this morning. Now, let me show you in John uh, chapter 16, verse, uh, starting in verse 5. This is the verse I referenced a few minutes ago. Jesus tells the disciples that I'm going away to the one who sent him, going back to the Father. He says, not one of you has asked where I'm going. He says, instead you grieve because of what I've told you. He says, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, won't come. He says, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Verse 8 says, when he comes, he will convict the world of of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, in Ezekiel 20, or I'm sorry, Ezekiel 36, verse 25 through 27, it's really the account of what happens when we get saved. You know, the Lord speaking to the prophet in the Old Testament says, look, I will give you a new heart and I'm going to put my spirit in you. In the Old Testament, we see where the Holy Spirit would come upon people. In the New Testament, now he's with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is all, the Bible says that he abides with us. He has taken up residence. He has moved into the house. He's with us all the time. That's why Jesus says it's better. I mean, some of you only see me one, maybe two days a week. But yet you can fellowship with the Holy Spirit seven days a week. That's why it's better. And he says even what the the Holy Spirit would do. He came to do what? To convict people of sin. You're saved today because of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed to you that you were a sinner. And that you needed grace. It's the only reason that you're saved today. Because Jesus could have went and died on the cross, shed his blood, paid the price for sin. But if the Holy Spirit didn't come to bring conviction, we would never even realize our need. We would be ignorant in our sin. So the Holy Spirit comes to convict. But it also says that he comes to convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness. In other words, he's going to convict us on how we're to live. This is another reason why it's important that we learn how to hear the voice of God. Because the Holy Spirit will correct. It's not always the most pleasant thing in the world necessarily. But it is because, and it's motivated out of love. Why? Because ultimately, if I listen to the Holy Spirit, especially when it's talking about living righteously, what is it? That's telling me not to live by my flesh. Why? Because my flesh will bring about death. It will bring about consequence in my life. And the Holy Spirit says, that's not what God wants for you. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 30, it says that we actually even can be convinced or assured of our salvation because the Holy Spirit has sealed our hearts. I'm not convinced that I'm saved because I'm good. 
I'm convinced that I'm saved because I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life when I knew that I didn't in the past. There's something different today in me. No one had to tell me that the Holy Spirit had come into my heart. I knew it. Something changed on the inside of me in a moment. Just as it talks about there in Ezekiel, it says that I had a a hardened heart that was resistant to the Lord. That in a moment, my heart was changed from something that was hard to something that was um, flexible, responsive to the Lord. Let me read you this out of Ezekiel 36, verse 25. It says... He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. He says, your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. He says, and I will put or I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit in you and I will take out your stony heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. A responsive heart. He says, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey My regulations. So even when we get saved, that our heart, our our, our motive, and really he's talking about our spirit man coming alive. Let me take you back to the beginning. How many of you are familiar with what God said to Adam and Eve? He said, Adam, you do not eat of that tree because in the day you eat of that fruit, in dying you will die, is really what it says. It's a two-part death. Because Adam was meant and was... um, let me say, he was created as an immortal being. Why? Because sin wasn't there. But sin brings about death. The wages of sin are death. God was referring to a, two types of death. The instruction was that if you eat of this fruit, you will die. The actual understanding of that is that in dying, you will die. He said it brings about physical death, but also spiritual death, which is spiritual separation from God. They hid in the garden and God said, who told you to hide? Did you eat of the fruit that I told you not? Why? Because that spiritual separation had came. Well, Jesus came to repair that gap. Before that moment, Adam and Eve had un- unbroken fellowship with God. It says God would show up and they would just be like, hey, what's going on? Let's go for a walk and chat. That was normal. That should be more of our normal. And so I want to give you a couple things here in the next few minutes. And we're going to, uh, I don't believe I'm going to cover this completely the way that I feel like I need to this morning. But I want to give you kind of an overview, um, you know, of this. Because I believe there are three specific ways that the Lord speaks to us and leads us. Now, let me say this because I'm not going to cover this this morning. God speaks through His Word. God, I mean, that's why the Bible says, Hebrews 4 uh, verse 12. The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can tell you the motives of your heart, why you do what you do. All of those good things. The Word of God will correct you. And the Holy Spirit will use the Word in our life. And it's important that we know the Word. Why? Because anything that, we've, or, let me say this, anything that we pick up in our spirit, we need to double-check with the Word of God because the Holy Spirit will not compete against the Word. It's in complete agreement. So it's important that we know that up front. But I want to give you three things this morning... Or three ways, if you will, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And I'm going to give you some examples that I've experienced in my own personal life of each of these. The first one, and this is the most common, is called the inward witness. The inward witness. It's just that there's something on the inside of you. Romans eight sixteen. it says... 
For God, or by God's Spirit, joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. How do you know that you're saved? Because the Holy Spirit affirms that in your life. There's an inward witness. Nobody had to tell you that you got saved, but you could sense the difference in your life. There's an inward witness. And sometimes it's like somebody may ask you, just like, well, I just sense that I need to do this. You're not really quite sure, but it just seems right. There's something on the inside of you that's moving. And the more you pray about it, the more it settles. God always leads by peace, first and foremost. If you don't have peace, you need to back up and hit the brake. and Just hold steady. But if you keep praying about something, whatever it may be, it might be, Lord, should I move? Should I take this new job? Should I marry this person? Should I do this? Should I do that? Where should my kids go to school? Whatever it may be. If the more you pray about it, the more settled it becomes. That's an inward witness that's many times led by peace. It's important. If you lose peace, stop. There's an inward witness in your heart. And we see this throughout Scripture. Specifically in the New Testament with the church. Let me give you an example of this. Well, I'll just I'll quote it to you. It comes out of Acts 27, verse 9 and 10. The Apostle Paul was on a ship, and they were having some troubles, big storms. He stood up and he says, Men, I perceive that this is not going to end well. Something on the inside of me says, This ain't going to be good, guys. Now, he didn't stand up and say, This is the word of the Lord. Everybody's going to die. No, he just said, look, something doesn't seem right to me. He even says that I perceive. It's not an open, just just like some don't sit right with me. I don't know what it is. Something just doesn't feel right. It's almost like, I'll say it this way. It's more like a thought or a perception. Now, here's the qualifier with this is you've got to be able to separate your spirit And your own thought life. Just because you perceive something doesn't mean it's the Lord. I mean, I have perceived things and they were wrong. Well, that's because it wasn't my spirit, man. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. So we have to be able to discern the difference between these things. So we're talking about really honing into our spirit, man, not listening to our thoughts or our own wisdom. We can think ourselves right out of what God has for us if we're not careful. Because we think that we're right in our wisdom. Our wisdom does not compare to the wisdom of God. Sometimes God's wisdom is absolute foolishness to our mind. That's what the Bible says. Now, I'm not saying to do ignorant things or to act impulsively. But there are times, multiple times in my life, where everything in the natural says, don't do that. I'll just give you an example. This is an easy one because nobody likes it. I want you to sow some money. I'll just be honest. There's nothing in my flesh that says, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Sign me up. Can I just add an extra zero? Why not? But I can't tell you how many times the Lord has given me an instruction. I mean, I'm not an overly social person. 
And yet the Holy Spirit will say, go talk to that person. I don't want to do that. And there's just this something on the inside of me. I've walked up to people. This is no joke. Derek can tell you. I have walked up to people and said, hey, my name is David. I have no idea, but I feel like I'm supposed to meet you. That ain't my personality. (laughs) And I've had to learn how to act just off of that something. It's just this inward... Man, I've had it happen with multiple homes that we've bought. As a matter of fact, the last three that we bought, I walked in it and I knew this is where we're supposed to live. How did I know that? I don't know. I just, I knew it in my heart. I mean, one of the houses that we bought in Shreveport, I told Dara, I said, this is it. And she said, oh, no, it's not. (laughs) I mean, she's in tears. You know, and I'm like, this is the house the Lord has for us. And if you saw it, you would know why she was in tears. Because I said, oh, we'll do all this stuff. And she's like, I don't believe you. I mean, my friend comes outside and says, David, I can't let you buy this house. He's the realtor. And I said, I'll go find a different realtor. He's a good friend. He's like, David, cheers. I said, this is the house. I know it. Now... I didn't go buy it without her on board, just so you know. (laughs) Same thing happened when we came here. I knew it before we ever came here. Strange. I looked at it online. I'm like, that's the house. And Derek made me go look at other houses. She's like, we are not going to buy the first house you look at online. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I don't have a problem with that. But there are ways and there are things in your life that the Lord will lead you in. You know, when I was, when we, we had known that we were going to be leaving Kansas and for a number of while. And one of the things that, because I would love to say that I'm spiritual and I just recognize how God speaks all the time. But let me just give you an example. One of the things that happened, because it was about over a three year period that we knew the Lord was getting ready to move us. From Kansas and didn't really know where. But there was multiple, multiple, multiple times over the span of that last year where I kept finding myself praying about our church in Shreveport. Had no idea why. Totally random. Even to the point where I'm thinking, why am I praying about this? Like, I'm 700 miles away. Well, I didn't know that the Lord was going to have me go back on staff at my own church. Or that the very things that I had been praying about for a year prior was the very next season that I was going to step into. I didn't know that. Well, if I was smarter, I would have said, hey, maybe the Holy Spirit's trying to tell me I'm supposed to go back on staff. <laughs> but here was my thought in the natural when I moved back because we went, you know, we had left because we, we had a very clear word from the Lord that it was time to step out and to go. So we did that, which was kind of crazy. Who just packs up everything you know and put your house in the market and moves 700 miles because the Lord tells you to? You better know that's the Lord. So I'm not telling you something in theory. I'm telling you something that I have lived. But when I got to Shreveport, here was my thought. I don't see any place for me. And I really didn't. I knew the church well. I was, you know, I knew 
A lot of people on staff, I mean, I'd meet with Pastor Sam, we'd talk. I'm like, there's no place, there's nothing for me to do here. Well, I didn't realize what God really had, even though I had been praying, and I would say maybe five or six times over the course of a year, it would just randomly come up. And I would just stop and I'd be like, why am I praying about this? So I didn't realize even what, but that's that inward witness. See, this is what happens with, this is, let me say it like this, is that I believe that many times we want this sensational, God, write it in the sky. Make it so clear to me. Like, I mean, just put it on a billboard. I need a prophetic word from somebody. I need, you know, I I mean, I don't know. I need an angel at the foot of my bed. Thus saith the Lord. And yet God is looking at us saying, you already know what to do. Because what happens is we want the sensational. We don't recognize that just the inward witness of God is the supernatural at work in our life. It's not extravagant enough for us for it to be God. We want something, you know, like, you know, a moment with God. And so we don't even pay attention to the, just that inward witness. And if we're not careful, we'll miss a lot of what God is saying to us just because we kind of fluff it off like, nah, that wasn't the Lord. I mean, I've had it where... Uh, just something, you know, and I've shared this many times. Most of you have heard this, but there was a time when me and Dara, before we'd gone back on staff at our church in Shreveport, we were going to, we were actually pursuing to plant a church, to build a new church, to move to a city, start a church, the whole thing. And there was a very specific thing. And when it was said, it wasn't, oh, that's the Lord. Here was the statement though. The Lord never says no. It's either yes, not now, or I have something better. And I thought, ooh, that's really good. I'm going to preach that. I start writing it down, and as I'm writing, not now, I had the thought, I need to pray about that. And that was it. There were no angels singing. There was no bright light from heaven shining down on me. There was nothing spectacular about that moment. Why did God say not now? Because He had a church in El Dorado for me to come pastor. I just didn't know it was not going to be available for another two years. Nor had I ever considered moving to El Dorado, Arkansas. (laughs) But there was a word from... And all it was was just a little thought. I perceived. Not now. Now's not the time for me to pastor. Okay. Right on the heels of that, I go on staff at... At our church in Shreveport. Served there for a year and a half. I'm on a missions trip. Get back home. Pastor Sam, come see me. Hey, there's a church from El Dorado, Arkansas. Pastor called me. I don't know him. Don't know the church. Don't know know anything about it. We said we drive up there this week. Why not? What do I have to lose? Next thing I know, I'm the pastor of the church. (laughs) Well, well, well. But the Lord had been walking the whole time. And it was... Strictly based off of an inward witness. There was nothing spectacular about any of it. Now, I will say this. Leaving Kansas, that was a specific word which I'll give you an example of. So you have the inward witness in your heart. Let me give you another example of this. It comes out of Acts chapter 15. I love this statement. I'm not going to go into all of the details of what's being said. but uh, I'm not taking it out of context, but I just love the phrasing. He says here in verse 28 of Acts 15, For it seemed good 
to the Holy Spirit and to us. Sometimes you don't have to have a word from God. If it feels right in your heart and when you pray about it, the Holy Spirit doesn't say no, take a step. One of the things that I have learned about trying to find out if something is God or not, it's a lot easier for me to hear no than it is yes. Many of you know this. I went to Brazil thinking I was going to pastor a church on a trip. I didn't move there. But I believe that the Lord was leading me. And the one thing I came home knowing was God has not called me to Brazil. I went there thinking yes, and I came home knowing no. Nope, that's not it. That was all part of the journey. And it wasn't that I had a word from God. We had a great trip. It was an awesome experience. It was amazing. Everything in the natural said, absolutely. As long as you're okay living in another country. But that's not what God had for us. And I just knew it on the inside. And yet, it's exactly what it says. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You don't always have to have a, a direct, clear word. But just take a step. Take a step at a time and then check your heart. Is the Lord still okay? Are we good? And you take a step and you take a step. Here's the second one. The second way that God can speak to you and will speak to you is what I would consider the inward still small voice. Now let me give you a word that you're going to be more familiar with. This is your conscience. You're like, well, I didn't think we could be led by our conscience. Well, what is your conscience? It is your spirit, man. The Bible says that right and wrong are established in the heart of men. Period. I don't have to tell my son to obey me. Now, I do, because he's got a flesh. But he knows when he's doing wrong. Now, he's two. So when I say, stop doing that, what does he do? What is that? That is his conscience saying, you need to obey. His flesh is saying, I'm just checking. (laughs) He knows right and wrong. Now, not in everything. But that's why the Bible says we have to train him up. We have to help him learn what is right and wrong. And so, but he knows right and wrong. That's his conscience. Well, you know, it, it, but even we understand this. We're all born into sin. But was your spirit man not recreated in Christ? 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Behold, all things. Your spirit man, that is your spirit man. It's not the Holy Spirit. You have a spirit and your spirit longs to be what? Walking with the Lord. To be in right standing with the Lord. You were created for that. And your spirit man will speak to you. It's a still small voice. Now, these these areas tend to be a little bit more personal. I'll just tell them myself. Don't talk to your wife like that. That's that's a, See, this goes back into where the Holy Spirit deals with righteousness, righteous living... Give me a little prompting in my heart. See, there's little things where it's, this is your conscience. You could also call it your gut. You just have a gut feeling. Like, I don't know, there's just something. I don't know what that is, something. I don't really understand it. Something just doesn't settle right. This, now, we're not talking about your feelings here. We're talking about your spirit, man, and to where even you'll get a... Your spirit will speak to you. 
I mean, I remember one time, this is kind of a, a you can do with this what you want. I, I won't go into all the I'd gotten severely sunburned, like severely sunburned, like to where I was purple. I was on some medicine that I forgot about and went outside to a water park all day and didn't think about it. Sunday at church, like, you know, everything's whatever. Long story short, I start freaking out, like losing my mind, like just because I could just claw my skin off. Like it was just crazy, just burning and just all this. And I'm and I'm not prone to this type of behavior. I was just losing it. I'm screaming at Dara like, I mean, it's just crazy because I'm just beside myself. I mean, I'd gone to the shower, just ice cold, just trying to do. And I'm yelling at her, get me anything. You know, I'm just, you know. Maybe I'm more dramatic than I think I am, but, you know. But this one was pretty bad. And I remember, though, at the time, we had only been married maybe a year. And, uh, you know, and so I'm like, you know, get me some love. Get me anything. Man, it's just kind of crazy. So she had to go to the store because we didn't have anything. So she's like, I'm going to go to Walmart. And I remember, I mean, my mind is racing, and I'm just like beside myself. And I remember I was squeezing a pillow, laying on our bed. And I'm upstairs. And I'm beside myself. And here's the thought I had. If you don't settle down, you're going to pass out. And Dara can't carry you downstairs. I was like, dang. <laughs> so the first thing I did was I got up and I walked downstairs and laid on the couch. We'll take the stairs out of the equation. <laughs> At least you can drag me out the door, you know, I mean. But yet there was some truth there because I was beside myself. I mean, I was just freaking out. But I'm convinced that was my spirit man saying, you better settle down. And you know what? I, I began to calm down. By the time she got home, I was like the madman. I was in my right mind again. But I'm convinced that, and the Holy Spirit will do that. You better get your emotions in check. You better not say that. What is that? That's that, that's your spirit man talking to you. That's that, 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 that little feeling. It's more than a feeling, but it is that still small voice. It's really, let me, I would also say one of the other aspects that I would add to this is that this is Conviction. Like, and I don't mean like conviction as in I'm doing something wrong. I mean convictions like, this is not right. This is the way this should be. There are things in you that your spirit man will say, hey, you need to do something to fix this. I mean, think about like injustice, those types of things. There are things that your spirit man will speak to you about. John chapter 16 verse 10 out of the Amplified Bible. It talks about, uh, about righteousness. The Holy Spirit would come to, to, um, to convict us or to convince us of righteousness. Which the Amplified adds that it's personal integrity and godly character. Why? Because Jesus says, I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. So he says, hey, the Holy Spirit will come and help and work with your spirit. So that what? You know when you're doing something that is not for your good. This is part of how God works with us. He will speak through our own spirit. Why? Because our spirit is alive unto God right now. 
So it will help protect us. I remember that, uh, you know, and I've shared this before, but just another example. There was when me and Dare were engaged. We weren't married yet. It was about maybe a year before we got married. I was convinced that I was supposed to buy this car for Dara. Because there's lots of details behind it, but she needed to move out but didn't have a car. And I thought, well, I've got credit. I'll go buy a car. Not the smartest thing in the world, but that's what I did. But I was convinced that she needed this particular car. Well, I had found it. We were on some trip to Dallas. I don't know. We were with me and my family or something. I don't remember. But I had found one over there, and I'm like, this is it. This is the car. This is the car. This is the car. This car. This car. And there was just something on the inside of me that said, don't buy this car. I mean, it was at a dealership, you know. I'm like, let's go test drive it. And I'm telling you, I knew it from the moment I walked up to it. Don't buy this car. Over and over and over again. Don't buy this car. Don't buy this car. Don't buy this car. Oh, this is it. It's black. It's sleek. It's perfect. Don't buy this car. I easily paid for that car twice. Easily. Because I paid for the car to buy it, and then I had to pay to fix it all the time. Well, that wasn't the devil's fault. A demon didn't jump on the transition one day. The Lord tried to tell me, don't buy this car. I didn't listen. The wages of me not listening, several like lots of thousands of dollars. The Lord tried to help me. I didn't listen. And here's the third one. Now this is the most rare. I can tell you that there's only a handful of times that I've ever experienced this one. And it's easy to know when it's different. This is the direct um, voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now here's how you know this one. Because there's some authority behind it. This isn't like your spirit talking to you. It's more direct. There's authority behind it. If anything, this is what I would say. Is that it almost makes me take a step back and be like, oh shoot. Like I have missed it somewhere. And it's more of, yes sir. As I've said, this one is rare. I mean, I, I could count on probably one hand how many times I, that I would say I've, and it's so clear to the point where it's almost audible. Like one time I actually looked around because I thought somebody else said something to me. And many times the Holy Spirit will have to speak that way because there's going to be some pretty negative consequences to those actions if we carry through with it. And yet, and, and really, I believe that it, it's a progression that happens. I believe we know things in our heart, and if we don't listen, our own spirit will begin to speak to us. But if we won't listen to our own spirit, then the Holy Spirit will speak to us. See how God's grace is working? Hey, you won't listen to me at this level, so I'm going to go to this level. And you won't listen to me at that level, so I'm going to move again. You know, one, uh, one example that I can give you that's probably, and like I said, there's not very many of these in my life. But I remember that, uh, you know, I, I tend to be a pretty high drive person. So if I get focused on something, I, you know, I'm pretty, let's get it done. Let's just move forward. So forth, so on. 
I knew that the Lord had told me and Dara to get out of debt. I didn't know at the time, but I knew that the Lord said, man, we started doing everything we knew to do, all these things. We were working Dave Ramsey. We were doing all the stuff we knew to do, all the stuff. But man, I'm getting every side job I could think of. I did it. I mean, you name it. I was doing it. Well, the Lord had helped us, at, you know, to a point, but it seemed like I'd just gotten stuck in my pursuit to do what God was leading me to do. Because I had worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And we just kind of got to a stuck place. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I used to work at UPS in college. I'll go back and I'll work the morning shift before I go to work at the church that day. I can go work from 4 or 5 in the morning, about 8 or 9. And then I'll go and do my church duties in the afternoon. I'll make extra money on the side. And I was, I'm like, sounds good to me. And I remember I went, this is when we were in Kansas, and, and I remember, man, uh, as clearly as I can, I walked in, I handed my little, whatever, application, and I walk out the door, and I'm walking out to my truck, and I, I mean, very vividly, I remember I heard the door shut behind me, and the Holy Spirit spoke and said, you've crossed the line. Now, here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He can say something like that, no explanation needed. And I knew exactly what he meant. I had crossed over from now believing God to help me. And I was trying to do it myself. And I sat in my truck for a few minutes and just began to think. And I knew. Now the Holy Spirit didn't say any of this. But I knew and I I believe it was my own spirit began to just speak to me if you will. And I knew I was at a very important choice. I was either going to choose to trust God and to do what He had called me to do or I was going to make a decision that I was going to fix my problems. But whatever decision I made, that was going to be my decision from now on. And I don't know how to explain it. That doesn't, I mean, this was a very rare example. But I knew that if I made the wrong decision, it was going to cost me dearly. I knew that it was going to cost me in the ministry. I knew that my ministry would be hindered at a very large degree. I knew that what God was doing and God had been doing, it would change the course. I knew it. And, and that, was, that was one of the moments where, and, and like I said, that was the moment that I looked around because I thought somebody else had said something. Nobody else was around. I thought I heard it out loud. But there was an authority with what was being said. It wasn't a suggestion. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart directly. And so here's the thing. At every one of these levels, whether it be that inward voice, whether it be, um, you know, that still small voice, that inward witness, whether it's even the voice of the Holy Spirit, what happens when we stop listening to them, the Bible says that we can actually become seared. In other words, we begin to reject the voice of God. How do godly people all of a sudden seem to shift and to move away from things that they've held on to for a long time? It's because they've stopped listening to the voice of God in little things. All of a sudden things in in areas of compromise that they never would have imagined. You know them and you're like, what happened to them all of a sudden? It didn't happen all of a sudden. They stopped listening to the voice of God. That wisdom that God was sharing. And all of us, 
that can happen to. None of us are exempt from this. This is why it's important, man, that we have to hear the voice of God for us. It's good to have other people that pray for you and that, you know, that the Lord can stir things in their heart for you. The Bible says that the ones who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. We've got to put a priority on hearing the voice of God in our own personal lives. There are areas in my life that the Lord has spoke to to correct in me that make me better. There are areas in my life where I've listened to that inward voice or that just that inward witness that have protected me and kept me. See, and God will do the exact same thing with you. He is speaking. We've got to make a priority, just like we were what I was sharing about at the end of worship. Sometimes we've got to stop. Stop what we're doing. Make a priority and say, Lord, I need to hear from you right now. I don't need to trust in my own wisdom or my own thoughts or my own figuring this thing out. Lord, how do you want to do this? How should I go about it? And I've got to be quiet and allow the Lord to speak. You know, one of the confessions that I've made for years, if you've heard me pray very much, you've probably heard me make this statement. And I say it as a confession. I confess it over you. I confess it over me. I confess it a lot. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. Father, I thank you that I hear you accurately. Or, I'm sorry, that I hear you clearly and accurately. I say it all the time. Lord, I thank you that I hear your voice. I thank you that I hear your voice. I thank you that I hear your voice clearly and accurately. Clearly and accurately. I don't want to wonder, is that the Lord? I want to be able to say, no, that that was the Lord's voice. Well, why can I be so confident? Because I've screwed up a bunch. I've missed it a lot and said, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to go buy another car that i got to pay twice, three times for. That wasn't any fun. I don't want to do that again. But I also don't want to do anything that would compromise what God has called me to do. I've got to learn how to hear from God. I've got to learn how to make adjustments, not because somebody calls me out on it, but because the Holy Spirit puts His finger on it. It's like when I'm reading a verse sometimes and it just sticks out and all of a sudden I know I have a, I got to make a decision. Either I'm going to walk in light of Scripture or I'm not. That's the Holy Spirit revealing something in me. Why? Because God has something better. And the same is true for you. And the thing that, and we read this earlier, the power of God is available to every one of us to help us to walk in light of God's purpose and God's plan for us. We just got to listen and say, Lord, what's your plan? What do I need to do in this season? You may be here this morning. You're like, man, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I don't know what the purpose of my life is. I don't even know if God wants to use me. You ever ask him? God, what do you want to do with me right now? Just ask and then get quiet. Like, well, what, if, what, what if I don't hear anything? Do it again. Come back. Start praying in the Holy Spirit. God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Don't get so busy with life that we don't slow down to listen. Because God wants to speak. He wants you to hear His voice. And when His wisdom comes, you'll know exactly what to do. You may not know every detail, but take a step. Okay, I took step one. What's step two? Take step two. Okay, what's step three? 
one step at a time, one step at a time. And then you'll get to where the Lord wants you to be. Why? Because you prioritized hearing from Him. Amen. Stand up with me this morning.